Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Today I'd like to welcome uh, with me on Moms Running It, Meliana, and I'm only pronouncing her name correctly because I have a daughter named Brianna and everyone says it wrong, so I made sure. <laughs> Meliana, thank you for being on today. How are you? Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm doing very well. Okay, so everyone notices right away you have an accent. So tell us where you're from and a little bit about growing up. Yeah, so um, I have some Greek and Canadian heritage, and uh, but now I'm speaking English, like you say, but I haven't get rid of um, the whole accent. Um, you like the accent. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, um, but mainly I grew up in uh, Canada in the, in the French part, which is called uh, Quebec. So that's where the other twist on the accent came from. I can hear it. I'm from Vermont. So we used to go to Quebec. Oh, I see. And, and you guys didn't like us because we didn't speak French. Yes, yes. Quebec is a minority, so they're really um, in the fear of getting invaded in a way. So to defend their language, it's very important to speak French. Okay, so you grew up there in Canada, in Quebec, and you were speaking French, clearly. Yes. What about Greek? Yes, I learned Greek too, but later on in life. Wow. So you speak three languages? Yes. All right, I can barely do one, so that's <laughs> great. <laughs> and um, how was your being raised in Quebec? What was, tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, it was a, a strange um, childhood for me all the time, always, because um, the family I came from were um, people with um, addiction and uh, emotional disorder. So that included my mother and my two um, older brothers. So, Similar to my upbringing. Yeah, so I mean, everything that was going on in the house was always a huge drama. Right, okay. And nothing was um, really real. I mean, nothing was really wrong. We had bread on the table and my parents were working and everybody was in school, but the background was always a huge, huge drama. How did you escape that? Um, luckily, somehow I was, um, I always thought that I didn't really fit in that family. <laughs> But somehow, you know, I was here and that was it. But um, I used to have my dream at night, uh, which was really my escape. Like, I just couldn't wait to sleep when I was a child or when I was young. I would sleep. I would do afternoon naps. I would sleep long hours. The sleeping was really my escape. And even if I wasn't sleeping, um, I would keep on daydreaming constantly. I was... They were creating their scenario, I was creating mine in my head. So that was your coping. That's how you, you dealt with what was going on in the house. Yes. And so what were your dreams? Um, they were really, really vivid dreams. They were really um, alive, like really alive. And it was like almost like a second life. Um, I remember I had um, 
I have some that are specific that are like, let's say a series of dreams. Um, some, for example, are me flying, which um, it had an evolution in the dream on how I could fly and how I could learn to fly. And this was a really real experience. And um, I still believe right now, even now that, you know, like we can't fly somehow. <laughs> We should be, I think we should be able to. Yeah, yeah. So then when you turned 18, which is when most of us are excited, we're adults, we can leave home, go to college. So you had these dreams and they kind of kept you going through that dysfunction. Then what did you do when you were 18? You kind of had an exciting journey. Yeah, I just decided to leave. I just, I just decided, well, you know, I'm not having any support here anyway, and I'm caught in other people's drama, which are really um, difficult, emotional, violent, and destructive. And I said, you know, like, that's it. I got my 18 years old ticket. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just left, you know, and um, the first way I left, it was within the country, but I went to um, British Columbia and Alberta. And then that's how I started learning my English. And because it was within the country, I could still work. You know, I, I was Canadian, right? Not just um, Quebecois. So that's how I kind of start my journey out. And um, I spend a lot of time there just by myself. And then I connect with nature a lot, too. That was a big thing for me because I was raised in a city city in a, in a building apartment. Um, with no nature around. So for me to go in British Columbia and Alberta and and have that nature, that access to nature was a really big thing. And um, I literally fell in love with nature too. Like it was, it became a love story and I became, um, I plant trees for many years too, for many summer. I'm, I must have planted at least 20,000 trees in my life. Yeah. Wow. So I've been to Quebec cause I grew up in New England. And then I traveled through all of British Columbia on my way to move to Alaska and they couldn't be more different. Yeah. British Columbia, East and West Canada are completely yeah. different. So completely, yeah. I love, yeah, I love British Columbia. Yeah. So, so that's really healing for me though, that, that, that part where I was really connected with nature, that was really, really healing for me. And this is something I will, later on in life, I, was, I wasn't in access again with nature. And then I realized, you know, like that symbiotic there, I, I need it. I need I it. I agree. I can hear your little one in the background. You have three children now. Yes. yes. How old are they? Well, I have um, two years old, a four years old, and an eight years old. That's how it happens, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you lived there, and you went through a lot of self-discovery, and you had that freedom. You learned English, which is amazing. Um, and then you sort of at some point told me that you, you didn't want to repeat that unhealthy pattern from growing yeah. up. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, after, after, um, after that um, tree planting um, scenario, let's say, or that, those years of my life where I was um, keep on daydreaming. Well, actually, when you plant tree, you can, you, you can have a beautiful conversation with yourself and you connected with nature and you can still daydreaming and all that. And I mean, that's what I was doing all day long since I was uh, really a young person is just having that dialogue with, with myself, talking about things or, or 
talking with God, who, who knows really, you know? And, um, and after that, I kept on traveling with the money that I saved and all that. And, and, and then I, with that freedom, let's say, that I, had, that I had earned, I could see really easily that I could start partying and yeah. going alcohol and then drugs too and um, having food disorder also. And, you know, and then that kind of scared me because that was really what was going on in my house, but from a different angle, which was like now me doing it for fun, but knowing that this Indian is really, really destructive from the image I was receiving from when I was young. So, but then I didn't know how to stop it either because I mean, they're called addiction for a reason, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, if it would be really easy to say no, it wouldn't be an addiction. So, um, I completely understand. That was a lot about my upbringing. I didn't do things. I didn't even try to drink in college or I didn't even try drugs. I was so terrified of becoming yeah. like my parents that I, I didn't even ever, I was too afraid. People think, oh, you're so strong. I wasn't strong. I was scared yeah. of becoming like that. So you find what works for you. So then, um, through all that and through nature. Now, also, we you talked to me a little bit about religion and you brought up God earlier. And I remember being a little child in that dysfunction and just, I have faith was inside me. And it can be God or karma or a higher power. It doesn't matter what that higher power is. It was just part of me, that faith. And the way you describe it is very similar to that. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's a real presence. You just know that there's something else out there. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. It's just, it's a knowing that, um, that keeps you going. Like, part, it's like breathing to me. It's just, it's part of me without me trying to make it part of me. Yeah. But you didn't really, you didn't go to churches or like, typical institutions like just going to church you Actually, I was I was extremely attracted to um, Jesus Christ okay every time I would ask a question about him the answer was just so disheartening to me <laughs> no 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 that's not what I mean right right so did you now you I might this is Russian and I might pronounce it incorrectly but Gurdjieff yes did I pronounce it correctly? Yes, yes. Wow, I'm just, I'm doing well today. Did you meet your husband first or were you introduced to the Gurdjieff method first? Which happened first? No, like, um, first I met my husband. Um, one one um, thing that saved me through my childhood was really that presence of God and all that. But one thing that was really painful after that through my life was that feeling of being alone too. And I was craving for... Um, get connected to someone you know like just like share things and be understood and being loved and love someone and i mean i really inside of me um i really pray for that I, a lot i mean it became something really important to me and 
and um, in dreams and all that, I started seeing things because it was really intense. It was like really a, like a high prayer, like a demanding, you know, like I, I need this, you know, I need this help here. And, um, and I met my husband in the middle of New York City in Manhattan and in 10th Avenue in a crowd, a crowd, people, a crowd of people. And I mean, when we just saw each other, we just, we just, we saw each other's eyes. We just knew it. That was it. There was, there was nothing else to be said, you know, we just started wow. like, yeah, it was, it was even more magical than I can really, really say, because then it has a lot of background to it. But I mean, it was, it was it. Like, again, that knowing that, you know, this, this man is in your path and it's for you. And this is your gift. After all that hardship, this is your gift. You will really be able to really connect with someone. And, and this is what I wanted, you know. And that's what, that was your demand. And you said your demand, but yeah. you'd, gone, you'd gone through some fire to get there. So you met Alex. I had no idea it was New York and Manhattan. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. So how did you get to know each other? Were you living there? Was he, where's he from? I, I was just uh, passing by for a month there. And um, so we had basically like a month to really talk and share and, um, but the, the, the words are one thing, you know, they were really um, connecting us, but the connection was really, the feelings too were really, really real. And I mean, I share my entire life with him. With <laughs> He shared his entire life with me in, in, in no time, you know, like we just, we just share everything. We didn't have nothing to hide. I just, I was craving for sharing everything. So, I mean, I, I just share everything. And when he met me, I was... Um, I was still struggling with how will I be more in control of my pattern because I was seeing too, it's not only about um, drugs or alcohol or food addiction and all that. This, you, you can kind of control it and when you're scared, you know the result, you will stop it. But there's also a lot of emotional dirt, like you get upset for no reason, you're out of control. You're, and you know, I share with him, I'm like, this is not me, like this is my family, but I mean, I don't seem to be able to control it or to, to, to get rid of it or to overcome it, you know? And, uh, and then that's how he, he, he explained me what he followed, what method he followed with him and how that helped him. And, and as soon as I start reading him too, to me felt the right uh, method and all that. And I tried that. And, and it's basically just a lot of self-observance, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of acceptance and, and move on. And I read a little bit about the Gurdjieff method because I wasn't familiar with it. And it's called, I think it's called the fourth way. Yeah. Three disciplines, yogi. Uh, I don't remember. I, I tried, but he was, um, Gurdjieff was born in the 1870s in Russia and lived through the Bolshevik revolution and was kind of part scientist, part, a lot of different things. Very interesting story. But he took kind of three methods and combined them. It's it's very interesting, but it kind of is. It is about forgiving and loving and moving on and yeah. and, and a lot of self-observing. Right. Um, to be really aware of your own thought, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, why you're feeling this, why you're thinking this, why it comes from it. Really accepting all that, not excusing it in any way, accepting it and all that. That brings a lot of light to it. And that was a big tool for me to just let go of all those things once you really see it. 
Right. And it's a lot of enlightenment. I love the, that you use the word light. I love that. That's a beautiful thing. And it is, it is a journey. And when you come from, we all have a story. It's all different and they're all just as important. You and I share a very similar story, uh, but it doesn't matter what that struggle is. You carry that baggage on your back and um, it pops up at times that you don't, it's, it's not intentional. And, and it comes from a place of fear and darkness. And so that light, that's so important. That's it's a beautiful thought. So um, how, now how long ago did you meet Alex? Um, 10 years ago to make a round number. Okay. About 10 years ago. Now you, I, I looked this up because I thought it's been two years. You contacted me over four years ago and yeah. I had, I had no, I was like, oh my gosh, has it been over four years already? Yeah. How did you find me? Um, I'm always on the outlook for bloggers and fun um, motivator and like motivational person that put things out there and that combines, um, that combines it with fitness. Because like you, you talk about a tools too and um, tools that I use to to maintain myself um, afloat or happy or you know is, is exercising I mean this is a real thing too I mean exercising is really really important I mean it makes the whole energy move around and not be stagnant and gives a lot of confidence too it gives and I have a chance to run in nature I do trail running so I mean that combines everything too and uh, but that's a really we are Alex and I, we always saw running as a meditative sport. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's not so much engaging in your thought. It's just like more of an automatic um, pilot in your body. And then that leaves your mind um, really free thinking above what your body is doing. And in the meantime, your body is really getting all those adrenalines and all those. Um, so it's really, to us, it's, it's a special sport, you know. I agree. And that's, um, I always wanted something that was physical and I've done lots of different physical activities, but running, I like the most because you're right. You're on autopilot and your body's getting what it needs and you do. It helps everything float. I don't even realize that I, I feel blocked until I run and it starts to go away. And I think, wow, I really needed that. <laughs> So you contacted me because you guys have this amazing company. It's called runningonthewall.com. Yes. And I was so excited because I actually had all of my race medals in a drawer, in a box. I, they, they were everywhere in my house. They were just shoved in drawers. And it, it's a, a, a plaque on the wall that hangs your medals. Yeah. And um, so I remember... You said, I, you know, pick one out and do a review. And I was looking on the site and I said, do you have a way to customize it? Because my favorite saying is she believed she could, so she did, which must have resonated with you, even though I didn't. And you, you said, I, I don't have a way to customize it. And then you said, you know what? I figured it out. And now you offer that one. It's on the yes. website. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I, I have mine and I. It's very popular too. Yeah. Well. I'm smart and you're smart. So together. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it is all over the web. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of things about that now. Yeah. Well, the word believe, I actually, I have a tattoo that says believe. 
because I think we need to believe in a lot of things, that higher power, that light in ourselves, in being confident in our ability to accomplish things. And so um, you made that for me and I did the blog and I've stalked you ever since. And I realized that you, you two live in Sedona, Arizona. Yes, we now live in Sedona. And I lived in Sedona. And so I had a family reunion two and a half years ago and I tried to, I'm coming yeah. to Sedona to hug you. And we yeah, never did catch each other that no, day. No, no. And I, and I need, I, I haven't been in, in almost three years now, two and a half years now. So I just, I haven't been back since I contacted you. So how did you guys end up? You met 10 years ago, you married, your oldest is eight. So how did you end up in Sedona, which is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been? Yeah, yeah, because we were originally, like I say, in the, in Manhattan, um, in New York City, and um, well, one week we went for just a little trip, um, and we decided we wanted to to go to um, Sedona. My husband always have heard the name, and he's been reading about it. He's seen picture about it and all that. So you know, we're like, hey, why don't we just go and and check it out? And we really fell in love when we came here. Um, to us, that was a beautiful combination of being able to um, have a house somewhat in the park, you know, being yeah. close to the trail, really. And uh, we just, and the weather is wonderful. We wanted to get rid of the winters too. And it was just really attractive place. And they had their really good school, an affordable, good school for um, her little girl. So we say, hey, let's just go. The business was online only. We never opened any stores or anything like that. So, right. so when did you open the business? When did, when did running on the wall become a business? Yeah, um, I think that was 2010. Okay. I remember okay. well, yeah. And Sedona is, it is, it's beautiful. And you can live anywhere with a, an online business. So in Sedona, you go up the switchbacks to up the Oak Creek Canyon to Flagstaff. Yeah. And when I lived there, when you're heading up to Flagstaff on the right, there's a place called the Rainbow Trout and Trailer Park. Yes! I lived there. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> 25 years ago, yeah. <laughs> so how, has, how did you get the business to grow? You guys work together. This is your only, uh, is running on the wall the only job for both of you? Uh, yes, we're, we're both in it 100%. And... Um, it is our own job and we're constantly trying to make it better and uh, better. And it was, um, you know, when we first started it, like, like I said, when it was in 2010, this, um, this was actually my husband who asked me, you know, like I have all those metals in my drawers and I have all those raised bib in my shoebox, And, you know, like maybe, maybe you could find a way for me to um, hang them on the wall in a beautiful way or something like that. And then I just went along with it. And we, we created our product like this together. And it was something that was not on the market at all. So um, it was a little bit like easy for us to present ourselves out there because it was so new. And uh, we started really small and mouth to mouth and people really liked it, the product and it, it, it grew up naturally and beautifully. And um, I think it was within the first year or the first two year, Runner's World saw the idea and liked it, especially if there was a raised bib, I remember that the raised bib display that, that they, they put online in their 
uh, Runners World magazine uh, thing, and that really did um, give us the boost to be. Involved. I thought it was me four years ago blogging about <laughs> it. <laughs> that really launched you. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then that was part of how we grow too. Like uh, thousands of bloggers like like you, we work with and we contacted and you know we offer the product to see what they think about and our product has changed a lot huh? a lot oh my gosh because i i do i still follow you i still post yeah. um, it's the only one that i have to hang medals um and i went online before we talked and i thought holy cow even i check pretty regularly you guys have completely changed yeah there's yeah. a lot more and the and it, it's such a great product too so which a, a nice boom too was uh, when my husband uh, really wanted to officially show our love for 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 god and we put the bible verse up in the yeah. and we had a great reaction with that and that's it's Ephesians, right? That you put on there. I'm trying to remember. Oh, we have we have a lot, a lot now. Biblical mm -hmm. verse and all that, and and people really do like them a lot. Yeah, it's one of our good sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love mine. It's one of my favorite things. And when I contact you, I'm like, do you remember me? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. In getting through everything, what do you think are the biggest things that helped you and still help you? Nature is one you talked about and your innate faith. Would you call it that? Yeah, I would say my husband first. Your husband, your relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. My faith, um, my connection with nature and running are really, I think, what settle me down and what gets me through the day to be a giving mother you know because it's not easy to be a mommy no it's not easy to be a mommy that is true and then what advice would you pass on to someone who is struggling um don't be afraid to do the cleanup mm, that's lovely <laughs> that's great what about starting your own business any advice to people who are starting their own business um, I think, um, I don't know if I would say start your own business. I would say start anything that you do have in your heart because whatever is behind that there will have such a great power that it will work no matter what. That is awesome. And you, you know, like really when we started that business, we didn't think much of it. We didn't thought it would actually support us financially we didn't start it like that we just started like we love the product it was a product that we made both of us together we like it we thought hey maybe there is other runner that will like it maybe other runner will laugh at us because you know it's homemade or something and it but we just really love it and we kept on putting more love in it through our faith and through everything and it just it just worked you know but this is I think I would say that to everybody. Whatever is behind your heart, whatever you always kind of wanted to do, just do it. I love it. Miliana, I'm so excited that we talked today. It's been really fun. I appreciate you being willing to be on the podcast. It was exactly what I was looking for. And I will um, send you your links and all the information, and I will post everything about the business and a picture of mine because mine is still the best. Mine, <laughs> mine right on the wall is the best. I still believe that. I really appreciate you. Tell Alex and the kids I say well. Yes, yes, I will.
Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.